Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, for our final episode for Season 16, we'll explore the subject of your soul family. We are living in an age when pretty much anyone interested enough can spit into a tube and send it off to a DNA lab to find out all kinds of heretofore obscure and esoteric information on their genetic history. We can confirm or refute paternity, ancestry, or evidence of whether a particular person committed the crime under investigation. I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) The subject of genealogy, which once used to be the fascination of dedicated scholars and researchers, has gained enormous interest in the mainstream society these days. People seek to know and understand themselves through understanding more about their familiar, familial and ancestral roots. Exactly 200 years and 15 days after the last of the 56 delegates from the 13 colonies signed the Declaration of Independence to officially sever political ties with Great Britain and declared the 13 colonies independent of British rule, Doubleday published the historical novel Roots, the saga of American of an American Family by Alex Haley, the Saga of an American Family by Alex Haley on August 2nd, 1976. It became an instant bestseller, and by January of 1977, ABC broadcast the story as an eight-part TV miniseries that drew an unprecedented 130 million viewers. It has been said that between the book and the miniseries, a cultural revolution was ignited. Naturally, people were interested in the story for a multitude of reasons, but underlying the enormous popularity of both the book and the TV miniseries may be the human longing to discover their roots. Who am I? Where do I come from? Where is my real home? Who were my ancestors? What made me the way I am? That profound longing to know themselves more through tracing their lineage and ancestral heritage might be even greater for peoples displaced from their families and homes, especially in some sort of involuntary diaspora. For some tracking, I probably said that word wrong, for some tracking down their roots is a fascination, while for others it may become an obsession. Yet the real source of that seeking is the underlying longing and need to know one's true self. And that true self can never be traced through genetics or genealogy or even cultural history because your true self is not based on your body or the world in which you live. While amassing information about your ancestral history and cultural evolution may satisfy 
some aspects of your intellectual and emotional curiosity or needs, it won't quest your inner thirst for the truth of your history and beingness. But then what will? The never-changing, eternal truth is beyond any body or the world. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. Your home is not to be found anywhere in the world or any time in its history. Your true home is in spirit, that undivided, eternal, limitless oneness, as we have said many times. Just like finding out more about genetic and ancestral history of your body may help you understand why your body is the body it is, with its unique propensities, discovering more about your soul evolutionary history may help you understand more about your soul experience. Your soul history is the history of your spiritual path of learning and awakening. To get to your ultimate destination, you have to discover where you began as the evolving soul or psychic being that you are. Through countless incarnations in the world, you have been experiencing life, learning, growing, and finding your way back to your true self. Whereas your personal development is the development of you, the individual person, your soul development is the development of your consciousness, your awareness, the expansion of your awareness of truth and the gaining of wisdom. Your physical body's roots are to be found in your biological family that can be traced back to your biological mother and father and their biological mother and father and so on as far back as you might wish to pursue it. But once again, that would merely tell you about your body's genetic heritage. Also, whereas you might share genetics with your siblings, you know that you and any particular biological sibling and you may not be alike in many ways, even if you share many physical similarities. A sibling of yours may follow closely in your parents' footsteps, whereas you may seem to go in the exact opposite way from them. No one is really defined by their body genetics unless they believe that they are their body and nothing more. Such a soul may say, this is the way I am and I can't help it. Such a soul may also believe that they were born into the family they were born into through no choice on their own part. The soul would make their life largely the product of their body and ancestral heritage rather than owning their prodigious creative power and free choice of spirit and creating and living their life in fulfillment of who they truly are as spirit. It's somewhat like one person who has a terminal illness might let their illness define who they are, whereas another person afflicted with the exact same condition uses those conditions to fulfill their purpose and live the life they choose to live. So, if your body comes from your biological family, who is your family as an immortal soul or spiritual being? Do you have parents and spirits? Do you have soul siblings? Of course, spirit being limitless has no polarities, no positive and negative or male and female. Polarities are only found in a divided world made of polarities. So there's nothing made in spirit, only creation. Creation merely is in spirit and is only expressed in time and space in the world of time and space as creative representation of that which is. 
So as a soul, you could say that your singular, undivided, infinite parent is what we might call the absolute creator. Now, the creative dynamic power of the creator is the limitless totality of spirit, sometimes in this universe called the Holy Spirit of God. In the world of time and space, it is the Holy Spirit of oneness that expresses itself as all things, including your body and all of what we call nature. Through the diverse multitude of forms in the world, the oneness of undivided spirit expresses itself creatively. So in essence, you can say that every form you experience in this world is essentially a spiritual sibling of yours in manifestation in time and space. Well, on your way to uh, realizing the truth of who you are, you awaken more and more to the direct experience of what we call spirit. You begin to discover and realize that the life you're living here is your experience and expression of who you are as that eternal and limitless creative spirit. And as you experience your life, learn and grow in your spiritual awareness through many incarnations here, your idea of your family or kinship has also expanded greatly. That's part of your awakening to a greater truth as a soul. In your earliest incarnations, you may have considered your family as strictly just your blood, your immediate biological family. Like your bio dads. <laughs> I'm hearing people saying these days. <laughs> my bio dad and my bio mom and all that. As you expanded your horizons and understanding, you may have gradually increased your idea of family to include an extended biological family, as well as those who are not technically related by biology or genetics, but by association, perhaps even dependency. And ultimately, through the experience of love. After all, throughout history, two souls born into genetically different lineages have fallen in love, got married, and immediately consider each part, each other uh, part of their own family. Then they bear children who become their biological family as well. And naturally, the circle of who is their blood or DNA family expands exponentially. When souls experience being a stranger in a strange family <laughs> during an incarnation, even if they are legally considered part of their biological family, their own experience is that of not belonging to that family. In their longing for the experience of community, they seek out relationships with others to form a more real family experience. In various cultures around the world, the idea of a family tends to be much more inclusive than those based on biological relationship of the body. For example, in the Hawaiian culture, the world word for family is ohana. By definition, ohana is Hawaiian word for family. Yet in Hawaiian cultural understanding, ohana or family is far more inclusive than just the biological family group. Family and cultures with more ancient origins tend to be based more on the experience of 
soul recognition and the qualities of relationships between souls that engender and foster compassion, support, devotion, loyalty, long-term friendship, belonging, and love. Our experience of family or ohana is essential aspect of our spiritual growth, awakening, and ultimate enlightenment. As we expand our experience of family or genuine community, we are freeing ourselves from being separate bodies and defining our lives as individual bodies and waking up more and more to the truth of the undivided oneness of our being. Every time we experience even a moment of unconditional love, we catch a glimpse of our eternal self. Each and every one of us incarnated in a diversity of forms, but myriad creative expressions of one divine limitless spirit. Whenever we experience that someone or something that we normally assume is not me or not one of us, we gain that insight into the greater truth of the oneness of spirit and of the undivided nature of all life. More and more <clears throat> souls around the world are waking up to being part of a global human family. That's a really important step. But wait, there's more. Spirit creative expression of itself in the world isn't limited to just manifesting in human forms. Throughout history, great numbers of people have experienced that their loyal, unconditionally loving animal companions were more family to them than often members of their DNA family. Mitakuye Oyasin in the Lakota language, it simply states, all are related. We are all related, not by blood or by form, but by the oneness of spirit. Shinto, most often said to be the national religion of Japan, is actually much more of an aspect of Japanese life that predates historical records. In a way, it's based on everything in life and nature having spirit within it. So often, it refers to what appears to be individual spirit things like rocks, plants, animals, and people all having a spirit. Its teachings have been passed down mostly in symbolic rituals, some of which became part of everyday life in Japan. Once again, we're all related, not by body or form, but by who we all are. The experience of being a part of a greater soul family is an important part of our spiritual growth and expansion of our consciousness on our path to fully realizing who we are. Little by little, over countless incarnations, we experience love between us. It invariably starts with, I love you, but not everyone else. 
<laughs> Over time, we learn that we can love more and include a few others in our circle of loving. Then more and more. Yet we seem to experience that no matter how great our love is and how much we expand our circle of love, there are still many that we feel we cannot love. When we arrive at that stage in our recognition of our soul family, we might ask ourselves what it is that makes it so difficult for us to consider loving certain individuals, even when we generally love most everyone, except those particular people, creatures, or things. I heard once that even the Dalai Lama has trouble loving mosquitoes. <laughs> That's true for every man on the planet. Mosquitoes that bite are actually females. females. <laughs> well, several saints and mystics, including more recently Mother Teresa, espoused the practice of seeing the Christ in everyone. Many people have advised those having difficulty with treating someone with compassion by reminding them, what if that person was your child or your parent? When you see another through the lens of love, you see the Christ in them. You see them as the same spirit as you are. Namaste. The light that I am greets and honors the same light that you are. The realization that we not only come from the same source, but that we are the same one truth, the same one life, is the purpose of recognizing your soul family. Sooner or later, if you keep deepening your awareness, you see the undivided oneness of spirit that we all are. You can say, that's the ultimate one big Happy family. (laughs) (laughs) Along the way, we begin to gradually notice that on a soul level, there's at least some kind of intuitive recognition that we know one another. Hey, I know you. Somehow, we've been together before. With practice, we become more aware and begin to see specifically where we know one another from previously. Then we begin to remember that we've been coming together many, many times over the course of our incarnations. You're not a stranger. No one really is. And that's the truth. (laughs) We're coming up to our first break and wanted to invite you to join us for our next teleclass coming up. Rich Man, Poor Man, Beggar Man, Thief, Energy Work to Step Up Your Wealth, a fun title. It's happening on Saturday, February 5th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time and is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series and everyone is invited. Well, wealth is not just about how much money you might have in your bank account. In fact, it's not necessarily just about money. Wealth is about whether you can have Whatever resources you need to fulfill your purpose for being here, a wealth of knowledge, friends, emotional support, expertise, courage, and so much more. Join us and learn to step up your wealth so you can have and create more of what you truly need in life. For all the details and to sign up, go to our February events calendar section at michaeltamora.com or call our office at one five three zero nine two six. 2650 during normal business hours Pacific time, Monday to Friday. 
We will return in just a bit to continue with Your Soul Family. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been exploring what your soul family is and what it might be for. Let's continue with that. One of the things that I'm aware of, having done readings for, seems like my whole lifetime, really about 30-some years, um, and that is that we definitely all have a soul family. And what I've also learned is that part of that soul family uh, may be incarnated anywhere on the planet. They may be any age. They may be a baby. They may be an old person or someone we pass on the street. But there's another part of our soul family when we're in incarnation that are not in our incarnation with us and they cheer us on from the other side. And sometimes there might be times when you're really down or having a difficult time where you feel like something is around you that's really trying to get you out of your funk. And that oftentimes will be part of your soul family or even a member of your soul family that's on the other side not an incarnation, helping you out. Well, one of the things that I know often new mothers will experience with their children, if they're at all intuitive or psychic, is sometimes they'll realize before they go to that one uh, family-friendly restaurant, you know, not all restaurants are friendly to children and babies, but some are. And I, I knew a mother one time who, as she was getting ready to take her new baby and her young boys to a restaurant, she she became totally aware that there was going to be someone in that restaurant he needed to meet and that was part of his soul family. Uh, now, she knew that he was her child and part of her biological family, 
but she was aware enough to know that he also had an expanded family out there in the world that he would eventually come across some members of. So she goes to this restaurant and they're settling in and sure enough, the little boy locks eyes with a man across the way and they just can't take their eyes off each other and it wasn't anything weird. They just had a loving communication between the two of them. The man did not inappropriately get up or talk to the family or anything like that. It was just a communication from her little boy to that man across the way. And she was aware. He was a member of her soul family, and he just needed to touch in with this man, this being in a body who was somebody that was going to help encourage him in some way, even in his babyhood. Yeah, it's it's really, I'm sure every one of you listening in to the show has had experiences in your life where you just, you know, on the outside, the person's a total stranger. You never met this person before. But your experience is as soon as you see that person or as soon as uh, the person's introduced to you or you say hello to each other or whatever, you recognize, whoa, wait a minute, I know you. It's like, I don't know why I know you or how I know you, but I, I know you. It's just this experience. And isn't that what it really is? Is the experience you have that tells you, oh, somehow we're related. So just like in the DNA family, the physical family, biological family here, well, there's people who are biologically related directly like you, your parents, your siblings. But, oh, your parents were not biologically related. In fact, you know, that's a, a, a big deal. If, if they're too closely biologically related, they wouldn't do well together uh, biologically with their offsprings. So what happens here on a spiritual level, on a soul level, when we talk about soul family, it's, you know, some people who talk about soul families want to get really specific, like, okay, wait a minute, are you really my soul family or not, you know? Prove it. Or, yeah, or, or is, <laughs> is it just because I, I've run into you in another lifetime, but you're not part of my soul family? It, oh, that's just like saying, well, our DNA isn't related closely enough, so we're not part of our biological family. But uh, in the sense of Ohana, that experience of recognition, experience of sometimes people will consider, hey, you're my brother, even though we're not blood related. You're my sister, even though we're not blood related. When people talk about that in the more physical sense, what are they talking about? They're experiencing Something where I'm related to you, I'm close to you. You and and it, they might think on an intellectual level, they might think that oh, it's because this person saved my life, you know, or or when I really needed help, this person was just the only person who was there for me. My biological family wasn't there, but this person just came in and just helped me out through the hardest time in my life. Whatever it is. It's like, you're my, you're my family. Well, on the soul level, it's very similar. Some are on a spiritual DNA, if you will, soul DNA. What, what is a DNA? It's, it's an energy pattern. Yes, everything's energy. 
So even on a soul level, you have energy patterns. And you can call that, you know, soul DNA. Some souls have a lot closer match to some basic fundamental uh, soul energy pattern that you have within you. So when you when you come close to a soul who has that similar kind of soul DNA as you do, you'll have a resonance. It's like recognition. Ding, you know. Yeah. Well, what that all boils down to is our whole spiritual growth process through relationships, whether it's on a soul level or a body level or any level, it's relationships is to help us each recognize ultimately we're the same spirit. Huh. Ultimately, we come from the same parent. It's We're all one big happy family, ultimately. But in our learning process, just like with our physical biological learning process on a on a strictly biological level, we might have, you know, we have mother and father and we're the only child or maybe just one sibling, small family. We're family, but everybody else is not family. And then later on, we start to, oh, we have relatives, kind of related by blood and related by marriage and da, 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 da. And the whole idea of family grows until, oh, we're part of the same tribe in the tribal uh, cultures, oh, yeah, we're not biological less necessarily related to everybody in the tribe, but, but, but we're related by, we're part of the same tribe, or we're part of the same race, we're part of the same nation, citizenship, we're part of the same land, you know, so, so we have all, all this ways of relating to each other to recognize the sameness, which leads us to, to the path of recognizing, awakening to the sameness. One, you know, one spirit is same all the way through, <laughs> no matter what form that spirit expresses itself through. And so that's, that's a long-term spiritual growth process. Then what else do we do on a physical level of recognizing kinship. Oh, we belong to the same church. We belong to the same social group. We belong to the same company. We, we work for the same company or even bigger. We're in the same field of endeavor. Ah, yeah, yeah, you're in the media field. You're in the, you know, arts and crafts. You're in the business field, whatever. You're in politics. So whatever major field of endeavor that you devote your life to, oh, you start to have kinship. So, you know, athletes tend to have kinship with other athletes. And a lot of times, uh, hey, we're, we're from the same uh, field of endeavor. So when push, even though we're competing against each other all the time on, on the, uh, in the tournaments, if push comes to shove on a personal life level, we got your back, right? It's, it's like that. And isn't it interesting 
that human beings tend to come together in times of disasters and, and crises much more, even, even opposing groups, factions that are at each other's throats most of the time when things are okay because of difference in opinions and difference in beliefs and whatnot. But when push comes to shove and we're all in the same boat, humanity seems to open up a little bit more or a lot more and come to each other's aid. Hey, we're all part of the same human family. Huh. So that's, unfortunately, you know, when the crisis, crisis is, is over, the disaster has been taken care of. We survived. Then so many people go back to, well, Hatfields and McCoys, <laughs> you know, the Montagues and the Capuots <laughs> were at each other's throats again. Don't have to. This is part of the learning process. And this is part of just like an individual person may have a wake-up call to wake up to the spirit that they are. Really, that's what a wake-up call is, isn't it? doesn't matter. You get the diagnosis from a doctor saying, I'm sorry, you know, you have three months to live. For most people, that will be a wake-up call, right? If they weren't looking at that before. And they go, oh, my God, you know, I, my time is here is running out. I better get it together. And what's important to me? You start to look within yourself. So a wake-up call on a, on a large scale is the same thing. Sometimes humanity or some large group of the population base has a crisis it could be anything a war or it could be a natural disaster or you know uh asteroid coming toward your the earth or whatever it is and when it affects a large group of people it's a wake-up call saying wait what's important is it really important to be at each other's throats? Is it, is it really important to stab each other in the back? Is it really important to, you know, determine who's really right about this issue, whatever? Huh. Or, well, on the physical level, people go into that crisis because, oh, it's a matter of life or death. It's, it's a matter of we're not going to survive. If we're not going to survive as a group, ah, well, you know, the end, the end is, okay, we better get it together. I hate you, but, but you know, we need to help each other. Okay, that's just the very beginning of, hey, you, you got to relook at this whole thing. Have you been stuck on the external differences you see? Now it's time to go within to see the sameness. We're both human or whatever. We're both from the same country. We're both from the same biological lineage. Whatever, it doesn't matter where you start. You can start anywhere, but the idea is getting down to, oh, yeah. Things, we, we like different things. We do different things. We think differently. We act differently, but... Underneath it all, we're the same spirit. What's that mean? 
So all wake-up calls are about recognizing that and starting to recognize that even deeper than the biological family ties, there's a spiritual tie of the soul family. And sometimes you might feel like you're part of several soul families. It's like subgroups, you know. You could be on a biological level, genetic level, you could be of a certain, you're incarnated in a certain race, body type. You could be a different soul family of being a, a certain gender, male or female or whatever. It's, oh, yeah. And others, it's by profession. Same with the soul. It's by the way that particular soul, what kind of a spiritual path to freedom is that soul on? It's a little bit like on a physical level. Hey, we, we, we're both uh, healers or we're both artists or we're both uh, uh, in business. Ah, so we're in that kind of a soul family. Types. And basic soul genetics DNA patterns well we're at our second break already so we wanted to let you know about our very special four teleclass weekend coming up on Saturday February 26th and Sunday February 27th titled your path to freedom your psychic development and following your inner spirit guidance included with this remote weekend event will also be our popular bonus zoom Q&A and social following the last teleclass on Sunday for anyone who attends one or more of the teleclasses over the weekend. The topics for the teleclasses are as follows. On Saturday, the 26th of February, the first one in the morning is Knock Knock, Who's There? Your Psychic Abilities and Getting to Know Spirit. The afternoon class is Fear Not, Being Senior in Relationship to Other Beings. And for the teleclasses on Sunday, February 27th, will be Your Angels and Spirit Guides, Communicating Spirit to Spirit for Inner Guidance. That's the morning class. And then the afternoon final class is Staying on Track to Your Freedom, Follow Your Inner Spirit Guidance, Not Your Ego. For all the details or to sign up, go to michaeltamora.com. Again, that's michaeltamora.com, all little letters, or call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours specific time. And by the way, if you decide to take all four teleclasses, you get a discount for attending the entire series. In just a bit, we'll return with more about your soul family. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. 
That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. Today we've been discussing the nature, makeup, and purpose of your soul family. Let's find out more about all of that. Well, I wanted to talk about a couple of um, things. One is uh, we know this man, Dave Bennett. He's an author, and I believe he lives in Virginia Beach, uh, somewhere near the ARE Center these days. Um, And he wrote a book called Voyage of Purpose, Spiritual Wisdom from a Near-Death Experience Back to Life. Very interesting story. It's a very thin little story, but very extremely intense. And one of little spoiler alert here, one of the things he talks about is when he was going through his near-death experiences, he got to meet the part of his soul family that was on the other side during his near-death experience. And he actually got to see one of his soul family members passing over in back to the world of spirit while he himself was there. Um, I believe he was in uh, American ocean, oceanic waters somewhere around one of the coasts. It's been a while since I've read his book. And the person who was dying um, w- when he was on the other side watching this going on was someone who was, uh, uh, died in a fire in uh, one of the Mideastern countries that, that they were having some, some of the oil wars in. So very interesting story, and I highly recommend it because he talks a lot about soul family. Um, something, you know, he was kind of an, a little bit of an atheist before this experience happened, so it's really a fun book to read. The other is, have any of you ever seen the movie The Little Buddha? Um, I think that was out in the 1990s or so. so, yes. And uh, it's a great little story about uh, the search for the the next uh, Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama. And the um, monks that are looking for them are monks that have meditated long and hard, and they follow their intuition to find that person. And in this story, they found three children that all seem to qualify. I think it was two little boys and a girl, if I recall. And um, believe me when I tell you, this happens. There are people that come from the East like that looking for incarnations of their buddies here in the West because of a lot of them are incarnating in the West. And that was the same thing with the three wise men story yeah. about Jesus' birth. 
Very interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And we actually know a child who was sought after when he was still a little baby by Tibetan monks who came over and knocked on his mother's door and said, did you just have a baby? And she knew so little about spirituality at the time. She thought maybe they were members of the Hare Krishna or something like that. But um, this opened her up for incredible growth. I mean, someday her story and her son's story will come out. Her son's all grown up now and an incredible person as she has grown to be as well. So, you know, we have different ways of touching in with our soul family. One of the experiences I had when I was in my very early 20s and working in a grocery store, I think I might have even brought this up in another show before, but it still touches me every time I think of it. And that is I was rushing from one side of this grocery store to the other in my uniform because I was working to do something. And I passed a woman and for one bright moment, because I remember it as this brightness when it happened, is I completely recognized this woman as somebody, it was like I had just seen her yesterday. And I greeted her like I greeted a long lost sister. Oh, hi, it's so great to see you. And she did the same thing with me. She greeted me and she was bright and she recognized me too. And then, whew, we came into present time and we realized we didn't know each other as a body at all. And we were both kind of embarrassed and hurried on our way. But it left a lasting impression because I knew whoever that woman was, I never saw her again. She was somebody that I had been very close to and was part of my soul family. And I was getting, just like that baby in the restaurant I was talking about earlier, I got a chance to touch in and say hello to a member of my soul family, even though she wasn't going to be involved with me for the rest of my life. It was still a touch-in that was needed. And sometimes some of you going through various types of growth and challenges will run into someone like this where they'll come into your life, they'll just do one little job, even if it's just a hello like that. Sometimes it's more like a uh, if you go for for therapy of some kind, you know, to get your mind straight or whatever, and that person is just the right person to get you on track, and that's all you needed, and you're on your way after that. Uh, these are the members of our soul family who we line up with to help us along the way. Yes, and, you know, the, the going back to the boy that Raphael was talking about, I've known him since he was four years old, and... Um, uh, really great experiences throughout his earlier life were where first was the Tibetans that came to him, uh, you know, just days after he was born. And then after uh, a little bit later on, uh, the, the Hopis, the top elders of the Hopi nation, uh, recognized that he's one of them. And then a little bit later on, uh, he's just playing with blocks and stuff like that on the floor in his home. And he looks up to his mother and says, wait a minute, what day is today? It's, this is the most important day of, for my people. <laughs> this is a, what a six, seven year old, uh, or maybe he was younger than that. And, and he says, you got to take me to temple. And the mother, uh, just is going, Temple? What kind? Buddhist temple? No, no, my my people. And well, aren't the aren't the Tibetan Buddhists your people? Yes, but these are my other people. <laughs> and, 
And so the mother is running around calling everybody she knows, like, what what is today? What is today? And it's supposed to be this very important religious type of a day for somebody, some group. And finally, she's after several phone calls and people just not knowing what she's asking about even – uh, she calls one of her friends and who happens to be Jewish and she says, oh, today is Yom Kippur. <laughs> and she goes, oh, and, and you know, what temple is my son talking about? The, the synagogue. <laughs> and she goes, oh, wow. And, and again, this is, this is mother, his mother's part of her waking up process. <laughs> One after another, she's like, I don't know anything about this. And boom, she has to find out. And so she runs around and finds uh, uh, a university synagogue that the letter let them in. And when he walks into the place, it's like he owns the place. And at the end of the service, long service, uh, the rabbi and the cantor want to talk to him. <laughs> and he's talking to them like part of family. Interesting, isn't it? And so a lot of times when you when you get to very aware children, especially early enough, they'll they know all of this stuff. They recognize it. They might have the they might not have the full vocabulary to be able to express it in a in in a verbal language for adults, but they'll express it and you have to learn how to listen and hear. What are they saying when they say things like, my people? <laughs> he was talking about another part of his soul family. Another thing is that sense of recognition is, is some, it's just, sometimes it's just that ding, but other times it's incredibly profound. When I was in southern Germany, giving, I was on a teaching tour, and uh I had only, you know, it was a, a weekend seminar I was teaching all day, Saturday and Sunday, but I finished the Saturday uh, seminar and I was taking a walk with my uh, uh, translator and um, she was showing me around the sites and, and, you know, being my tour guide, personal tour guide for me and uh, uh, just wonderful experience. And we went quite a ways around the lake, Bodensee Lake. And, and then we came back around. And on the way back, uh, there's a huddle of some of the students who were in my seminar that day, still, you know, enthusiastically talking about what they experienced and what they learned and da-da-da-da, discussing the day's class. Uh, and, and when I came back, why they all turned around and said, oh, hi, and we, we just joined the group to communicate for a while. And so we're, we're at it just enthusiastically talking about everything. And the next thing that happens is I feel this very strong, uh, very positive, strong attention on my back. So I turn around, and I'm looking straight at this, uh, what do you call those? Baby strollers, right? This young woman with a baby stroller in front of her with this little baby, uh, a, a toddler uh, girl in the stroller. And that attention is coming straight from that baby, from the, from the toddler. And so I look back at her and I say hello to her in spirit and I recognize her. And um, uh, then she 
they're still like hundred feet away, 80 feet away. And, and she crawls out of the stroller and the mother's kind of bemused and looking, smiling and looking at her. And she starts running this way. She's making a beeline and I'm going, she's coming after me. And so she just toddles, toddles. And <laughs> is that what they do? Toddler. <laughs> she comes running over. And when she gets to about three feet in front of me, two to three feet in front of me, I squat down to, to be at her level. And I say hello to her. And she just starts laughing and she's pounding her lap and, and standing and, you know, bending over and laughing and laughing. And then she flings herself at me. Just like Superman, Doom, she flies across and, and she lands on me, uh, grabbing around the back of my neck, and she starts kissing me all over my face and laughing. Everyone, everyone in the whole area stopped. There was a whole lot of pedestrian traffic. Everybody stopped to watch what was going on because it was such an amazing re- reunion. And the mother, fortunately, didn't try to protect her or something and, and take her away. She just kept a safe distance once she got close enough to let her daughter go through this experience. So it was a, it was a uh, incredible. And, and she did this multiple times. Once she let go of my neck and she came down and she stepped back three steps and started laughing, laughing, and, and just this total joy. And then she flings herself on me again and does the whole thing all over. She did that three times. And then finally the mother says, okay, Rosa, uh, you know, uh, she spoke Spanish and said, yeah, you have to come this way. And she finally got the girl. And then the girl is almost coming to the stroller. And then she turns around and starts running toward me again. And the mama finally picked her up and put her in the stroller. And the girl was laughing away. And the mother's just looking at the whole thing going, well, that was interesting. Total stranger <laughs> from a different country. And uh, definitely a member of Michael's soul family. <laughs> Well, we're coming right to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we hope that our shows offer you much to reflect upon in your life, as well as provide some healing tools for yourself. Be sure to join us next Wednesday when we're starting a whole new season of Living the Miracle. We'll launch our new season around the overall theme, Creating Miracles, and the first show of our 17th season will be your psychic self, and your creative power. We've talked quite a bit about creativity today, actually. Remember, too, to join us for our next teleclass on Saturday, February 5th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time on Rich Man, Poor Man, Beggar Man, Thief, Energy Work to Step Up Your Wealth as part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. Check our website or call our office at one five three zero nine two six. 2650 for details or to sign up and you can talk to our assistant Noel who knows everything about what we're doing until then be inspired use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully this is living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura we'll see you next week we appreciate your joining us today 
Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 